What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome to Citizen. We got a very special guest today, Brett Voorhees. You were uh, what the CEO of Taurus USA. That's correct. Yep. And you've been the CEO of Taurus USA from a from a very young age. Yeah, that's right. I've I've been the CEO for three years now. Um, got hired on at the age of thirty two, and so it's yeah. a very Sean McVay story, isn't it? Yeah, probably probably you know youngest CEO in the industry, mm-hmm. certainly for a company of that size, and you know been been a wild and fun ride the last three years yeah how, how do you like it so far i mean what 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 is i guess what surprised you the most about the gun industry because it's kind of a weird industry yeah well, and i've been in the gun industry since i was like 19 mm-hmm. so none of that's really a shock to me um it's it's really all i know and all i all i want to do but you know um uh, coming in to a president role or ceo role you know there's a lot of things i don't necessarily knew or I didn't necessarily expect mm-hmm. uh, the pandemic being one of those. Yeah. Uh, so that that was unique, but certainly it's it's more hands on dealing with people. Um, you know, whatever kind of baggage they're bringing to work, that sure. kind of stuff. Um, which is certainly not the type, you know, part of the job that I like, mm-hmm. but definitely something that's necessary and and I didn't really anticipate as much. Um, but you know, it is it is fun leading a company and mm-hmm. kind of seeing the progress happening that we're trying to make at Taurus and some of that is is really exciting for me and you know kind of validating on on what I'm trying to do what kind of progress are you trying to make well you know our brand uh the Taurus brand in general in in the past has had you know a damaged reputation Mm -hmm. to kind of put it lightly Um, why would you say that is 
Well, there were there were certainly lapses in quality control and some mm. of that stuff in the past, and you know we we've put a lot of investment into engineering and mm. processes to you know shore that up and and kind of fix the problem, but it's such a long process to change the uh, perception that's out in the public, and you know you can make the changes behind the scenes. How do you tell the story and make right, it yeah. genuine and make people actually believe in you is, is really the challenge. So that's really what I'm trying to accomplish. Um, and I, I think we've done a good job so far, but it's it's a job that probably will never be complete. It's something we always have to strive for. Well, yeah, I mean, you <clears throat> before this, you were in uh, sales and marketing with Walther, right? Yep, which exactly. Does, which is, uh, to my understanding, never had a bad reputation because it's Walther, right? And James Bond uses your gun. So yeah, and it's a, you know, it's a premium product Mm. also sells at a premium price point. But you know, the, the Germans certainly take quality very, very seriously, and they make a great product. And Mm. so that part was was fairly easy being at Walther and, you know, coming to a place like Taurus. The good thing is that the changes were already happen happening Mm. behind the scenes. It wasn't something I had to go in and just you know, flip all the tables up right, yeah, yeah, and yeah. figure out. Yeah. It's just how do we tell the story? And then, you know, I'm I'm a product guy at heart. So, mm-hmm. like, you know, what what is the next iteration of our product line that's going to continue yeah. this train? Well, that's that's, like, that's a good. I like in when you're, I, I guess rebranding is a way to do that or healing the brand image. Yep. Uh, new high quality products are probably one of the better ways to do that, right? That's and right. You guys have a number of new products coming out. Uh, you're you're debuting a number of them this week, I believe, right? That's right. Yeah, like um, a new uh, Toro and a couple of other guns. Yeah, so a couple of industry firsts. Um, you know, obviously optic mounted mm. pistols are are a big thing. It's a trend that's not going away. Uh, we have the first carry revolver with the factory mm. optic mount, which is very very exciting. Um, you know, I was I was shocked that we were able to be the first ones to do it. Mm. I thought, you know, this is so simple. Why why can't or why hasn't anyone done it? Um, glad that happened. And then we also, um, came out with the new TX 22, which is kind of our flagship 22 pistol Mm -hmm. in a compact version with the slide mounted optic. And that's like, that's something that's really not easy to do Mm -hmm. from an engineering perspective. Um, Mm -hmm. but you know, we've, we've tested the the thing very thoroughly Mm -hmm. and it actually runs better than our, our standard TX 22, which is, you know, pretty remarkable. Our engineers did a an incredible job on that yeah most of the um slide mounts i see are are uh they're milled after the fact you send your slide in and they mill it for you yeah there's a couple of companies that are building aftermarket parts like that but no manufacturers that i'm aware of yeah and like in, especially on 22 pistols there's a lot of like fixed uh mounted optics mm-hmm. so like there's not non-reciprocating right, portion yeah. of it and that's how we we've done it on a on a larger version of the tx22 um, and you're, you're fighting a couple things there. So the, the weight of the optic, you know, most 22 slides are aluminum, so they're lightweight already. The weight of the optic is one to two ounces, depending on the optic. So there's a pretty wide range. And then you have a, a short barrel where you don't have a lot of pressure building mm. up, uh, from the 22 rounds. So there's like a lot of variables that are fighting against you on. Yeah, you can't have a slide that's well. too heavy or it's not going to cycle properly. That's right. Yeah. And then you have a variability in ammunition mm-hmm. from subsonic to, you know, high velocity ammo. So, well, that's all really interesting. Uh, yeah, I, I like, um, th- this has happened before with companies where, you know, good, solid reputation for a very long time. 
And then, you know, I mean, usually what happens is someone at the helm at, at some point or an ownership group just doesn't invest the resources or manpower that's needed to stay ahead of the game. And look, if you're not, if you're not progressing, you're going backwards and in, in any oh, industry, sure. in my opinion, but certainly in this industry, because it's physics, right? <laughs> There's always new, I mean, the, the basic AR10, AR15 model hasn't changed ever, right? I yeah. mean, like the, just the idea of an internal gas piston, that's pretty revolutionary, but it's been improved upon quite a bit. Sure. With the materials that's, that that make it to be uh, lighter and stronger and things like that. And if you're not up to, if you're not current on this stuff, man, like you're, uh, ultimately, it's not about your guns getting worse. It's about everybody else's getting better and yours appearing worse in relation to theirs, right? Sure. Yeah, and you know, we're in general Taurus is kind of you know on the lower price mm-hmm. price point uh yeah but so's glock right sure i mean it, like in Although the grand they're all, scheme po- of they're all polymer which is different right but right you guys, you're, you're not comparing it to a staccato or yeah, something you yeah. know steel frame like that um or you know on the super high end something like a chambers custom mm-hmm. 1911 but you know what we're trying to do is provide the absolute best product that we can but keep it at the lower price point where mm-hmm. you know basically any any american citizen can afford it because that's something that we truly believe in Mm -hmm. like everyone should have access to a reliable self-defense product or whatever right um you know and we have the benefit of a very robust manufacturing in in brazil that gives us this you know cost advantage over our competitors but like the investment that we have in r&d new materials new technologies is you know, so much greater than, than probably any of our competitors Mm -hmm. that we're, we're making so much progress behind the scenes there that it's, it's super exciting because I feel like we're surpassing on the features and benefits, but like, we're also just scratching the surface of like, sure. What, what could come Mm -hmm. in the future? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I just, uh, come back to something you said there. Um, everybody has the right to defend themselves. That's a big thing. You know, I, I'm, a. I don't really identify myself as anything because politically speaking, because I just don't think it's very useful to do that. But um, I, one of the things about libertarianism that I really agree with is that the ultimate expression of liberty is through property rights, right? Sure. That's, yeah, yeah. that's kind of how they boil it down. Uh, and it's the ultimate expression, or I guess the lowest level of that is that you own your body and everything that goes in or out of it and where it goes and what it does, right? That's like the ultimate form of ownership is owning your own body and your own decisions. And, you know, the, I, I don't know if you're familiar with Hanlon's razor. It says, uh, there's no need to imply malice when mere incompetence will suffice. Right. And, you know, I like to give people the benefit of the doubt, but anybody that's trying to take away my or other people's ability to defend themselves, to me, that is an intrinsically nefarious act. Right. Oh, sure. Yeah, Regardless, absolutely. it's like it, it, it's like tying someone's hands behind their back when they're about to get in a fist fight. Right. Yeah. It's that that to me is a completely immoral act. And, you know, that's why I think having conversations like this that are based in reality, there's a lot of people in, in your industry and in the uh, the broader community will just yell in the face of anybody that talks about gun control. Uh, shall not infringe over and over sure and i I, t- I agree with that sentiment but what i don't agree with is that if you if you do that you're basically divorcing yourself from the conversation you're you're removing yourself you're 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 acting uh petulant to be honest and if you don't participate in this conversation then people who you don't like are going to de- make decisions on your behalf 
right? Yeah. So I think it's super important for people to be extremely educated on this stuff about, <clears throat> you know, things like this. More, more private citizens interdicted violent situations with firearms than cops did by a factor of about four, right, mm. last year. Well, in any given year. Um, the, the, these completely insanely inflated numbers about gun violence where 68% of them are suicide uh, and a great portion of the person-on-person -person crime are in particularly crime-ridden areas and not distributed evenly across the country, but these folks want to make broad, sweeping laws to fix that. Now, it could be just weakness of moral character. It could be bad leadership, right? Mm -hmm. To me, it's... it. it regardless of that it's still nefarious right yeah. so how do you guys battle back against that stuff because i know i mean as a you've been in the gun industry for a long time for a decade at least now so you've come up against this pretty frequently right in a, in a lot of ways so you know there's there's obviously the uh, the initiatives that you see you know whether it's politicians or you know anti-gun um you know or gun rights organization or gun um I guess gun control organizations trying to put in various legislation that's going to restrict mm -hmm. rights. There's always that. Um, we also see it on on the back end where there's you know frivolous lawsuits trying to bankrupt the industry. Sure, yeah. Uh, and that, I think that's a part that a lot of people don't see. But mm -hmm. you know we're constantly fighting uh, various lawsuits around around the country. And yeah, that 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 part is bizarre to me. It's like if I got in a gunfight and I and your weapon malfunctioned, then I feel like I should be able to sue you, right? Provided I, it wasn't an error on my part. But if some asshole buys one of your weapons from a third party and then commits a crime with it, that that whole that's one of the more ridiculous things I've ever heard of. Yeah, you know, and there, there's various lawsuits that are you know they're they're funded by you know the the left. Mm -hmm. There's you know there's some right now that. We are uh, we're fighting, and there's actually one that's been going on since 1999 that we've been fighting. The whole industry is fighting mm -hmm. it. Uh, City of Gary, where they're alleging that you know the com the company's uh, basically their marketing practices led to um, these these crimes happening. And like you know, Gary, Indiana is, for lack of a better term, kind of a shithole community. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's definitely shithole. Um, you know, and there's a lot of crime there. There was, and and probably still is, and you know, so our argument against that is, okay, show us what marketing mm -hmm. material led to it. And they can't. Right. Um, you know, they can provide a list of crimes and what guns that were used in those crimes, but there's nothing that says like, oh, this, this ad that you place in guns and ammo led to mm -hmm. that. That's, you know, it's, yeah, it's dumb, bullshit. man. I mean, like the, they, they tried to use the same legal strategy that was used against the uh, tobacco and alcohol industries sure. back in the day. Like, yep. oh, you're showing how fun it is to do this, and it's intrinsically dangerous. There's nothing intrinsically dangerous about hunting or right. about going to the range and shooting. You know what I mean? That's just nonsense. Right. Like, we're always having fun doing something that he likes. It's a sport. It's in the fucking Olympics. Sure. You know what I mean? It's not like we just – it's not like this is some weird offshoot subset of the population – that, that fetish, fetishizes violence or anything like that. I, the people that I know that are super into guns, most of them are, one, not uh, law enforcement or military. They're just people that enjoy it. And yeah. mostly what they do is go to the range or they three-gun. You yeah. know what I mean? That's like the bulk of the industry. So it's like, what exactly about the three-gun is, is violence? They're shooting at paper and steel. Right. You know what I mean? It's just a completely... Uh, uh, 
I don't know. It's stupid, right? But they're just throwing everything at the at the wall and hoping something sticks at this point. Well, and the marketing angle is is the only way around the you know protection lawful mm. commerce and arms act. Yeah, and so you know that's that is an act that we have that you know generally protects us from somebody mm. you know suing us over a crime used in the guns. It doesn't protect you for product liability. Uh, personal injury, that kind of stuff. If you make a gun that blows up and hurts someone, you're still mm. getting sued for that. Um, but it's no different than you know any other product out there that is misused. You cannot sue the manufacturer for somebody's actions with that product. Uh, it's not necessarily unique to our industry in that regard. It's it's widespread. Um, but the marketing angle is the way that you know the anti-gunners are trying to get around it, and they've been successful in a couple of you know recent um you know recent lawsuits and so unfortunately it's something that we're going to continue fighting right and you know i think these are all um i mentioned before that if you don't take it well look this is not me speaking it's plate plato used to say if you don't take an active uh role in and self-governance then you're doomed to be ruled by fools right sure uh but it's the the purpose of the show citizen is to um it's like what, what what we hear in in the public discourse on on I guess on our side if you want to call it that a lot is that uh, is about your rights rights your rights your rights your rights um, and only recently have I heard more and more people talking about the um, responsibilities intrinsic to to securing those rights you know what I mean um, like that's why I need to show a citizen like the the primary difference between <clears throat> being a citizen and a subject is that a citizen recognizes the responsibilities required of them to secure their natural rights yeah. and a subject hopes that somebody else will do it for them. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And the, the latter is clearly untenable. I mean, it, it is a, it is a massive power vacuum that will ultimately take every piece of liberty you have from you because of like assholes will will find their way like like bugs to a light and uh once people secure power their only goal in life becomes to to grow that power you know what i mean so we we operate with a number of principles uh that i think I, i'm not a big fan of people you know like following people i don't think that's a good idea because they're foul even myself we're fallible right we're gonna fuck up sometimes and if you put yourself in a position if you're a follower of this person or this thing then you're putting yourself in a position to have to defend it even if it's indefensible and that's not a good idea from my perspective so we we operate on principles one of them is um and i'd like to i like to ask people to 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 talk about what these things mean to them because it's and it's, it's for me, it's an exploratory process. You know what I mean? Like, what does this mean to you? Because yeah, it's probably different for yeah. For we everybody. we get we get widely different answers to a lot of these questions. But the first one is, um, I'll support and defend liberty against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Can you talk about what that means from your perspective? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you know it, it generally is is thought of as a uh, you know oh if some if you know some foreign enemies or you know domestic enemies want to uh like domestic terrorists whatever mm. want to invade the country and you know overthrow the government stuff like that i think it's like it can be a lot more granular than that mm. like there's there's this 
kind of erosion of rights that happens and and you're right like you know it seems like more and more people just want to be a subject today Mm -hmm. and you know they they want to be told what they can and can't do and and those type of things uh which i don't agree with but when you have a mass population that you know thinks along those lines you just have this erosion of rights and like to me that is that is an attack on the american way of life Mm -hmm. it's an attack on our freedom um you know every every time the government tells you hey you you cannot do that you know that's something that needs to be fought back on you know i'm not saying we got to have a some kind of a military coup yeah, to, yeah, you know yeah. overthrow the government but there's ways to fight back and you know the first way to do it is with your voting mm-hmm. and then you know getting getting not necessarily politically active but you know there's organizations that basically cover every every topic that's that's being discussed in congress like you can get involved in and support you know the the organizations that are are aligned with your you know your wants and needs and your your rights that you want to retain so i think that's kind of the in a more granular fashion that's like the basics of being able to defend your yourself this episode is brought to you by black rifle coffee you get 20 percent off your first order using the code CITIZEN. Join the Black Rifle Coffee Club and get fresh roasted freedom delivered straight to your door. Black Rifle Coffee Company is a veteran-operated company that supports America's military, law enforcement, and first responders. I drink it every morning. It's part of my routine now. Uh, I use the Chemex, um, grind up my coffee, use the Chemex, make a nice little cup, drink it with breakfast, get my day started right. Uh, you know, the, the best thing other than just the flavor, because the coffee is really good is the convenience. So you're going to get premium coffee delivered every month as you see fit, choose your favorite roast, whether you like light, dark, or medium, uh, choose the grind, whether you want ground coffee or you want whole bean to grind yourself, or if you want coffee rounds, which fit in the Keurig and, uh, your delivery schedule every week, bi-weekly, monthly, whatever you want. Members also get free shipping and access to exclusive partner discounts. Get 20% off your first order with the code CITIZEN. Go to BlackRifleCoffee.com. Use the code CITIZEN to get 20% off your first order. Oh, boy. Next up is Ghost Bed. You know it. I love these beds so much. I can't tell you. uh, When I'm on the road and we travel a lot, just having to sleep in an inferior bed drives me crazy. Uh, and as a lot of you know, I travel with my ghost pillow now, which seems, I don't know, bougie, maybe needy, maybe a little weird, but I can't sleep without it. Uh, luckily, they're the best in the world, and they're not that expensive. So right now, GhostBed is offering 40% off their bundle package, where you get a mattress and an adjustable base. So if you're looking to buy an entire bedroom suite, this is the way to go, because everything else you add to that order of uh, of a mattress and adjustable base will also be 40% off. If you're just looking for little things, onesie, twosie, if you just need a mattress or you just need an adjustable base or you need pillow sheets, whatever, 30% off everything else. If you use the code drinking bros at ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros, you can buy a mattress for like 35 bucks a month. Uh, if you use their zero down 0% financing plan, which extends up to 60 months, six, zero, five years, go check it out. Ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros. Last but not least, Fume. 
They're handcrafted wooden inhalers using cores infused with plant oil studied to curb cravings, peppermint, things like that. Um, they have some sweet ones as well. There's no harmful chemicals, no artificial flavors. It's all completely natural and there's absolutely no nicotine. So if you're trying to really quit, get off the nicotine as well, not just the cigarettes. This is probably going to be your best option. They've got thousands of five-star reviews from smokers who've tried everything else and finally found success with fumes. So whether you're a smoker or ex-smoker who still struggles with cravings, fume is the perfect tool for you. Head on over to breathefume.com slash citizen, B-R-E-A-T-H-E-F-U-M.com slash citizen. Use the promo code citizen to save 10% off your entire order. That is 10% off your entire order when you head to breathefume.com slash citizen and use the code citizen. Without clear terms, how do you know what you're defending and from whom, I guess is a good way to put that. Right? Yeah. yeah. It's like, uh, and now we see in the court process, there's four, there's four cases, I think, in the Second Circuit that are being bundled into one for New York's gun laws right now that are going to hit the Supreme Court's desk this summer. Well, they've already hit it. I guess they're going to, you know, they deliberate, and I think they release opinions in June. Yeah. Usually June, Mar May, June, and July. Um, have you, do you guys track on any of this stuff? Does your legal team track on it? Because it affects your bit. Like, I, I know a lot of people in the, in the rifle industry as well, and this SBR bullshit is, you know, yeah. piqued everyone's interest, I guess. Yeah, you know, certainly, we, you know, with the recent brace ruling and that kind of stuff, you know, we don't we don't necessarily have a product line that's mm. affected by that. But it's certainly like for me personally, it affects me. And, you know, so I'm I'm very in tune to that. But, yeah, our our legal team is, you know, always in tune to what's going on at the state level because it, it, it affects it affects what we can and can't sell into mm. that state and you know ultimately we have to make sure that we are in compliance uh, to our be the best of our abilities and uh, you know it's kind of the double-edged sword we don't like it but we have to make sure we're in compliance so we can still operate as a business and so um, you know it's it's certainly something we have to um, keep tabs on but at the same time like we we support organizations that go out there and fight that mm -hmm. you know uh, well let's talk about that for a minute because there's a um there's a number of organizations that i follow that do that kind of work um but what what, what are the ones that you find most important yeah there's there's probably um four organizations and you know they can be polarizing but from an industry perspective i think it's important that we you know, we're not going to put all of our all of our resources behind one organization because I think they all are doing good things. You know, you have your NRA, which is you know probably the most polarizing for and for good reason. Uh, but we still support the NRA. You know, that I think they're still probably the most powerful um, voice in D.C. for gun rights and gun ownership. Um, NSSF is kind of the mm. industry side of that. Obviously, we're here at the SHOT Show, and, you know, that is NSSF. Mm. Uh, we, we certainly support NSSF in a big way there. Um, but then, you know, we also support Congressional Sportsman's Foundation, mm. who is probably lesser known, but um, for the amount of resources that they handle, they probably are, are more effective than, than maybe the other ones. Um, so, you know, happily support them and, and try to get more and more involved there. Um, you know, and then there's some kind of new age, more, uh, more aggressive in your face, um, 
type of of gun rights organizations like Firearm Policy mm-hmm. Coalition. I mean, they they're doing uh, from from what I can tell, they're doing a bulk of the litigation at this point. The, I mean, they're certainly they are um, they're fast and nimble when it comes yeah. to filing lawsuit and and doing that stuff. Whereas you know some of these other organizations are maybe not so quick to mm-hmm. react on things. Um, so I think I think they're very effective. Um, you know, they're they can probably be a little polarizing. You know, if you're trying to be, um, I guess, like professional and like because yeah, yeah, yeah. they they are a little more aggressive in mm-hmm. their messaging. Um, but like if if you don't get your your feelings hurt, you know, it's they're pretty effective. Yeah, I, I would I would agree with that. I mean, they're so you know the ruling came down relatively recently in the Supreme Court where this this may issue idea is unconstitutional yep. like it's you you have to prove why I shouldn't be able to do something not like this is basic due process right sure. I, mean, I, I don't understand how that was ever I mean I do understand people are idiots but um, I don't think that people know what they're either voting on or what the you know what their representatives are mm. are doing they don't understand what may issue versus shall issue yeah. means because you know, majority of the population probably doesn't affect. Uh, yeah, I mean, what well, explain explain it in, in simple terms, just in case anybody's out there and doesn't understand the difference. Yeah, I mean, basically, you have you have some states that um, they're they're considered shall issue states, whether that's concealed carry um, or firearm permits, um, which you know, obviously, not all states have firearm permits, but being a shall issue um, state means that if you go in and apply for a permit to carry a gun or whatever, that sheriff's department or whatever, you know, whatever the body, the entity that kind of issues the permit, I mean, they, if you pass all the, if you can check all the boxes that they need checked, they, they have to issue the permit. Right. May issue is, uh, you know, places like New York where they can make a judgment on if you are um, warranted or, you know, worthy of, of that. And, you know, what that truly means is, if you're an ordinary citizen, then yeah, you, can, you can fuck straight off. Yeah. You're not getting a permit. If but you're if not you're, paying somebody's campaign or paying somebody campaign donations. Right. Basically. Or if you're, you know, rich and famous and mm-hmm. one of the elite, then, oh, well, yeah, of course you need to carry a gun because you're you're special. Right. Yeah, which, yeah. you know, is obviously yeah. bullshit. But that's that's what states like New York and California have done in the past. Yeah. I don't have too much experience with New York, although they were a little, they were even farther uh, down the rabbit hole than California, uh, oddly enough, especially in the city of New York, because you needed a permit just to purchase a pistol in the first place, right? Which is, we don't we don't sell permits for rights. Like the, this has been adjudicated in the Supreme Court over and over from literacy tests to poll taxes for voting right back during during segregation shit like that like this is not the way that our system of government is supposed to operate sure uh but in california they it was the good cause thing right so you have to demonstrate to your local sheriff that you have good cause to carry a weapon like my good cause is the fucking second amendment bitch you know what i mean like it, it you you don't just because you're incompetent and a pussy doesn't mean that everybody is i think it's a problem that people think that way in the first place, but it's good to know that they do because you, you, this is one of those fights where no matter how many successes there are, it'll never go away. I don't think because people are hell bent against it. Um, the, um, the other part of that is 
some states, even in the face of some of these decisions, like Oregon, for example, now has a permit permitting process to, to buy weapons. Like yeah. that, even though this has already been, I don't understand how you can vote something like that in without it immediately hitting SCOTUS's desk because they've already decided this is not okay. Yeah, I guess that's that's the frustrating part. And, you know, you hit on something that's kind of near and dear. That's where I grew up is Oregon. Mm. And uh, born in California, grew up in Oregon. So two states that I legally can't move back to because of the property that I own. Yeah. You know, so that, that part is frustrating to me. Um, but, you know, Oregon used to be a very Second Amendment friendly mm-hmm. state, even though I mean, it was it's a big very, hunting community. Very, very yeah. big hunting community. And, you know, they were very hands off on Second Amendment mm-hmm. issues, even though it was, you know, a very blue state. It was kind of this. Um, I mean, so is Vermont, right? Yeah. And exactly. you can buy whatever the fuck you want up there yep. for the most part. Exactly. So it's like kind of a, a new age of politics coming in there that is, you know, severely restricting the rights of their citizens. And, um, you know, it's frustrating for Oregon for, for several reasons. Um, you know, I have, I have a lot of family out there, and they're asking me, like, hey, ha- what's going to happen with this new law? Mm-hmm. There's no mechanism in place to support what they're trying to put yeah, yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. That's, the, that's the bad part. So It's like uh, passing a lot of banned cars. And then what, what are you going to do? Are you send tow trucks to everybody's house? Like, what the fuck are you going to do, man? It's stupid. Well, and not only that. So, you know, the, the new law there for people who don't know, you know, you have to be, you have to go and take a class mm. at, at your local sheriff's office and basically qualify to, to purchase a gun. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to renew that every five years and your permits that you have to, you know, pay for, I think there's $60 a gun, something like that. Um, and then you have to renew the permits for every gun every five years. So, you know, that's a, that's an initiative to try to bankrupt gun owners or Mm -hmm. dissuade them, you know, financially to, to uh, do it. But there's no mechanism in place for the sheriff's office to qualify you to get that permit. Yeah. What are they, I mean, I, in California to be a, a firearms instructor, you have to go through the NRA firearms instructor class. That's, that's the primary that you have to, there's a permit or licensing process as well. But that's the primary thing. But yeah, there's uh, when I, I I worked in private security all up and down the West Coast, and we, we were we developed our own training programs sure. because there were none, like at the state city level, it didn't exist, right? For like we we handled the security at the Port of Seattle, right? Yeah. Uh, and I had to go up there and train these dudes on how to do the job, but there were no official standards for it. So how long is it going to take them to? either develop or agree on a third party standard to even make this pot. Cause right now effectively you can't get a gun because, yeah, well, that, I, because I, it's not, and there's not, there's no fucking le- There's, there's a legal process, but there's no, the, the requirements of the legal process don't exist as you say. Yeah. So I, I think right now it's in a, it's a court ordered stay right now. Mm-hmm. So it's frozen for the time being until they can, but I think it's, you know, until February, um, which is not enough time. The, the sheriff's offices have been very outspoken about like how how are we supposed to implement this you haven't given us any curriculum mm-hmm. you haven't given us any guidance on what this really means there's no funding behind it and you know the lawmakers don't they don't care that that's not what they're trying they're not trying to implement a safer way to buy a gun that's mm-hmm. not what they're trying to do so the fact that the you know mechanism to actually make this work doesn't exist 
it's not their concern. Right. You know, they, they don't want people to buy guns. Um, you know, and you know, there's very, there's several of the sheriffs, uh, in, in the more rural communities, most likely, um, that are just come out and said, we're not supporting this. Um, you know, and so then you have a legal fight between sheriffs and the, the, Mm -hmm. you know, governor's office or whoever that's basically there there's gonna be fight over funding there's gonna Mm -hmm. be all sorts of disagreements there um but you know ultimately it has to get to the supreme court and get reversed or struck down and the the time that it takes for that to happen is kind of the unfortunate part of it yeah years um because you know these i'm gonna call them idiots even though i probably know a lot of them personally Mm. these idiots vote this stuff in place thinking oh we're making a safer community well they don't care that it's unconstitutional and so it goes into place and then you know you got to wait for it to get up to the supreme court to be uh, nullified and right that can't happen soon enough well we can do i mean there's there's a, you, you mentioned sheriffs and um nullification is a big part of the of the federalist system of government right so um power resides at the lowest possible level and each lower level ha- has the the right to tell the next level up to go fuck themselves essentially right and we've seen it i've talked about this recently after some of these newer gun laws have come out and some of the other stuff that's that's been happening in american politics but there's a roadmap for this stuff already i mean california massachusetts have done it with uh first with weed and then with marriage gay marriage for 30 years right they've been doing whatever they want thumb in the eye of the federal government and nobody really said or did anything about it sure because what are you going to do right like you're not going to stop an entire state from doing something now at the lower level especially those those two things like yeah yeah, yeah. how can you stop two gay guys from loving each other yeah yeah i mean it's fucking it's it's the the people who there was a short period of time where people were trying to make arguments against it and they just publicly embarrassed themselves and then i think they all just kind of shrank back into the shadows but um I think that one of the bigger parts of the nullification process is the power of the sheriff, right? Because they're elected one, right? Yeah. By a smaller group of people than any other elected official than maybe city council, typically. Um, maybe Congress and some smaller districts, but uh, it, it's a it's a very high level of power at a very low level, and we, we're seeing it in Illinois now. They banned assault rifles whatever the fuck that means yeah uh scary looking guns i guess i don't know um but over 75 percent of the sheriffs in illinois have told the governor they're not going to enforce it now the attorney general is coming back at them saying we'll find other ways to enforce it and what it'll it'll eventually come down to a jurisdictional issue where state police try to come in and do something or federal government tries to come in and do something and the sheriff's department will arrest them for operating in their area right or kick them out or whatever it is it's I don't think that state or federal power wants that smoke because it's a really bad look. It's a very authoritarian look to come down to a sheriff and try to force them to do something. Even during the pandemic stuff, uh Alex Villanueva in uh in LA County was, you know, to a to a lesser degree, I thought he probably could have done more, but it's California. Um nullifying a lot of the lockdown bullshit. Mm-hmm. And, like L.A. County is probably one of the most powerful epicenters of leftist bullshit in the country. And still, he was able to make progress there. So imagine what 
you know, any other sheriff in the country could do in a less crazy place. Yeah, you know, and, and you're right. Like, to think that, you know, to put it in, like, probably a more extreme scenario, like, think about um, the federal government trying to come in and let's say they want to go through my neighborhood and go door to door and mm-hmm. confiscate for whatever reason, um, which would never happen in Forsyth County, Georgia. But, um, you're relying on your sheriff's department mm. to stop them from doing that. And then what, like, that's a pretty scary scenario mm. that you're having a, maybe a potentially a standoff between your local government and the federal government. Um, but certainly the federal aspect of that would look like they're in the wrong and they, they would be in the wrong, but they, it would be a terrible look for them. Yeah. If that's how something like that played out, I think it's an extreme mm. example, but you know, certainly. Well, even if it was at a lower level, I think if um, <clears throat> I think if the federal government, like right right now, well, this, we've seen it with cattle ranching. Yeah, yeah, and, for sure, yeah. You know, but that like, affects a couple of thousand people, not 40, right. 40 plus million, right? right? Um, and may, maybe who knows, right? I, I never put anything past those guys, but the um, the pistol brace thing, especially. It, this to me is just like uh, a fear a, a fear tactic to try to get a gun registry going, right? Like we know already that the ATF has ke- has kept billions of records illegally, and like they admit it. Yeah. And I'm not sure exactly what's being done about it, right? Lawsuits maybe, but that's a crime. It's not. This isn't a civil situation where our rights have been violated. That it, it, there's a federal law that says the federal government cannot have a gun registry. Yeah, and I, so it, it's probably interesting for a lot of people that are on the outside of the industry to understand what the involvement of the ATF really is, mm-hmm. you know, from a gun manufacturer. Well, they've got a booth here. Right. I mean, I, I mean, I'm we, not sure how well that's going to go. Yeah, it's probably a weird a weird time to be staffing that booth. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like from a manufacturer's perspective, we work with the ATF daily. Mm-hmm. They're, they're supposed to be a cooperative, right. you know, relationship there. Um, and you know, in, in a lot of ways, it doesn't feel like that's the way that that agency is trending with, you know, it doesn't feel like they're going to be there to support us as a manufacturer to make sure that we're doing things the right way. Mm-hmm. seems like they're going to be trying to find that gotcha moment and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and punish us as a manufacturer, which is not what the ATF is meant to do. Um, you know, but it's, it, the, the dynamic of that agency is changing like, like every federal agency is. Uh, in a lot of ways. So, you know, that's uh, that's probably a dynamic a lot of people don't think about. Um, you know, you see the brace ruling, you see, you know, the memes about the ATF coming and shooting your dog and doing mm-hmm. all this stuff. And as a citizen, that's probably accurate. But there's also a side to the ATF that, like, we, we have to work with them. And, like, I have people over there that I can call if I need anything. Mm-hmm. Um but that dynamic is shifting, I think. Yeah, there it is. And, you know, I've, I actually, I know some people that work at the ATF and, uh, I almost worked there. I actually got a job offer for them before I worked at black rifle back in the day. And I, like, I just couldn't stomach it, you know? Um, but, and some of the agents are, are good people, but the yeah. decision-making is where, well, I mean, I've got a lot of friends at border patrol too, but I don't think my orcas is a good dude. He, that guy's a piece of shit. You know what I mean? Right. So, I mean, it's, you know, uh, in, in the same way that, a people are not their government. You know, uh, the, the members, the individual members of organizations like that aren't necessarily their agency. Although I would suggest 
or not suggest, but I, I would expect at this point with the all the ATF overreach, I, I for me, like continuing to work at a place like that or the FBI would be morally reprehensible. Like I couldn't sleep at night if I did that stuff. Um, but I do understand why. I mean, you guys can't. You, you have to work with them. There's no. There's no getting around it. Yeah, um, I mean, for us to be a an ongoing business is mm-hmm. you know it's a critical part. Um, you know, it doesn't mean that we can't be critical of mm-hmm. of them. Um, I think that a lot of that's warranted and I personally don't agree with a lot of what's going on there. Um, but like their, their nature, they should be a, an agency that is there to help us. Mm -hmm. Um, and it just doesn't feel that way. No, I mean, and to help like the, the industry and that kind of regulator in theory should be helping each other. I mean, we have these huge gaps in our ability to, to police you know what i mean like the for example the uh terror watch list and the brady gun list do not speak to one another right so you can be on a terrorist watch list and still legally buy a firearm in the united states now i i don't think this the federal government should even exist by my opinion i I just don't it's it's completely useless but it does right now and the idea that they're spying on fucking parents who go to school board meetings Right, because they don't want their kids being taught a bunch of weird bullshit. But the you can buy, you can legally as a as a fucking potential terrorist buy a handgun. That seems like a a very broad spectrum of incompetence, doesn't it? Yeah, it certainly is. And you know, I think there's a lot of a lot of instances like that where the federal government says, "Oh, we're trying to prevent this or that." I think you know we all want to prevent school mm-hmm. shootings and those type of things. Um, but their actions don't actually do it. It's like, you know, on a, on a very basic level, it's, it's very obvious that, you know, they're doing it for votes or, mm. you know, to get into positions of power. And then once they're there, they don't really fall yeah, through yeah, with yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, or it's corporal punishment where right. th- that, and to, that is the ultimate sign of weak <clears throat> leadership when instead of trying to handle upstream issues at the lowest possible level you just ban something or you just i mean it's you know it's like it's like a parent saying uh uh, because i said so yeah no dude that and it's bad when a parent does it in my opinion because the kid's not actually learning right from wrong and then yeah from the government level though it's it's far more heinous because it is an intrinsic right to be able to defend yourself that they're interfering with right that's that's a completely different situation for me no doubt. And, you know, you're right. Like, I think the government is, is the government, whether it's, you know, local or federal, they're so twisted on what they're trying to push into every everyday life for the broad majority mm-hmm. of Americans. Unless you're out living on off the grid somewhere where it <laughs> Which doesn't is, you affect know, you. Might like not be the worst your idea these days. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I would envy that, actually. Mm-hmm. You know, but if you're homeschooling your kids and all that, like, sure, you can keep that out of your house. But if you're sending your kids to public school and, you know, the government is pushing so much bullshit into your life mm-hmm. that they shouldn't, um, it, it begs the question of why. Like, right, yeah, yeah. what is, there has to be a motive that is causing that. Nobody's asking for it. Yep. Um, I guess is that, or if there are, there's, it's a, very loud minority i guess i i mean i look obviously 
especially the older you get, I think you kind of get, you're, you're limited in exposure to divergent viewpoints probably because you make friends and work in businesses, usually around people who think like you. Mm. That's just kind of how it works in life. Uh, I have the, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to talk to a lot of different people, right? So I get a lot of perspective, but I think for the average person, you don't really run into many of these divergent viewpoints like you're talking about from actual human beings. It's like NPCs, it's like bots on the internet, or it's people who just because it's like people who used to be obsessed with football or the show Dynasty or whatever the fuck, now they're obsessed with American political theater yeah. and they, they know just enough, there's no analysis. They just like, the, the information comes in and the ear and goes right out the mouth. Yeah, You know, that's not a real person to me. That's just some asshole repeating some stuff. And we, but we get, we take it seriously. And we take the opportunity to dunk on them instead of like, hey, what you're saying is fucked up. Here's why. Yeah, where's, I mean? where's the discord? And yeah. it's, it's from both sides, you know. Um, like nobody, wa- nobody either wants to talk openly about mm-hmm. things or, like you said, they're believing in something and they don't know why. And so when there is discord, they, they, can't, they can't explain their, their viewpoint. It's just this is my viewpoint. Fuck yeah. you. And like, that's a problem. Yeah. It's not going to go anywhere. That conversation pretty much ends there. Right. And then both of you are deeper entrenched in your already held belief. Right. And you know, that that's, we just don't make any progress there. And you know, maybe sometimes that's a good thing. Like when, when Congress couldn't nominate and elect a speaker, those were happy days for me because when the federal government isn't working to me, that's great. That's the way I, I would like it to always be. Um, but some like, so, so there is some, I guess, benefit to just having a stalemate sometimes, but you know, just pe- people see, in the gun industry, especially, I talked about that shout out fringe stuff earlier. They think that just having conversations sometimes means that you're willing to budge on key issues. That doesn't mean that. Like, I just want to hear what you have to say. That's it. Yeah, you know, you you bring up a point that, you know, it's an ongoing thing and it's not really relevant because it's not happening in America, but, you know, it's something that our company is being accused of. You know, down in Brazil, Mm. there's political chaos. Oh, yeah. Like, it's wild right now. Um, During their last presidency, their their gun rights were opened up Mm. tremendously, which means our our market down there, we're a Brazilian company, Mm. our market down there grew exponentially uh, we were able to sell basically every gun we make all the calibers all that stuff mm-hmm. which didn't exist before 2018 right, yeah, yeah. this new president's coming in uh, came in at the beginning of the month in January here and his intentions were I'm going to confiscate every gun that was sold in the last four years and I'm gonna rip up the executive orders that Bolsonaro put in place um, so go back to what it was before they don't have a second amendment in their constitution they don't have the the rights that are protect <clears throat> protected by a document they certainly have you know god-given rights to protect themselves mm-hmm. but their government doesn't necessarily see it the same way um and so our our global ceo down there had worked with um the government to try to retain as much stuff as as he could and he ended up retaining about 70 percent of the gun rights that they gained during bolsonaro but it came across by a far right-wing organization uh pushing a message out that we were 
working with the government <laughs> to implement yeah, yeah. gun uh, gun control. Yeah. I mean, what's the expectation though that you that Taurus Global decides to overthrow the Brazilian government? I mean, is that really what people fucking think is going to happen? That's or, stupid. Or or take it like take it a step back and say, okay, we are a company selling a product. Mm. Why do why would we want to shrink our market? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's like stupid, it, it's right? yeah. it's nonsensical. And we. Uh, <clears throat> Tim Kennedy's a good buddy of mine. He sure. the same thing with him. He went on uh, Lance Armstrong's show, and he just plays devil's advocate on a couple of points to to try to suss out where Lance's head is because he's a super liberal guy, right? Yeah. Um, and everyone's like, "Oh, you believe in red flag laws?" Like, no, no, I don't. But I'm following him down this narrative so I can so I can. And this is Tim's told me this personally. You let you ask people questions to further their narrative to take them down the road so you can get to the final point and because very frequently especially in when, when it comes to uh civil rights and the first and second amendment and things like that when people follow it out to its natural conclusion they're like oh that's fucked we can't yeah. do that right and that's what like i try to i i try to uh, uh shrink it down for people a lot like that are liberal like you i understand that there's gun violence i understand that there's uh, a suicide epidemic particularly amongst veterans and it often involves guns but any of these measures that you're discussing you one you you it, it, this isn't cancer right you don't cut clean tissue out around the bad tissue to get everything out because those clean tissue that's that's human beings with rights and you can't do that so right. i to me that's a fucking non-starter right off the bat and the other part is it do, it's not effective it just doesn't work and you can you can but you have to let that person follow that narrative all the way to the end to show them that it doesn't work it's like a math problem you have to have them show the work and then point to the part that doesn't make sense like this is wrong here and if you change that and do it the right way you arrive at a completely different conclusion now and you're not going to get there if you just throw your hands up in the air and say "fuck you," shall not infringe, bitch. It gets back to have, having discord, have yeah. have conversations openly. Um, you know, and there's a lot of my friends that I don't align with politically, mm. whatever. Um, a lot of them I can't speak to because they just aren't open to it. But mm. the ones that I can, like, we can have disagreements. That's okay. Mm. Um, but like, I think it's also a a, a problem within the the 2a community if you want to call it that or whatever like we love to eat our own when oh, yeah, it comes yeah. to yeah. well anybody. it's like it's like a purity test right yeah like if you're not if you don't agree with me on every single thing you're not 2a enough like, like what, come on yeah and i and i get the idea of holding the line too but you know i i have found almost unless somebody is truly mentally warped right and i'm talking about like super leftist people if you get to the point where it's like, well, I still have a right to defend myself and any law that infringes on that is a non-starter. And then you can, I, I can take you through all of human history. Every population that has been disarmed has then been oppressed within a matter of 25 years at a, at a, at a maximum, yeah. right? Usually it's a lot quicker than that. Yeah. But within 25 years, there's an authoritarian regime in place and no way for the citizenry to fight back. Yeah. And that is unacceptable for us. Like they, I don't care what else happens. And if we can't, I guess one of the bigger problems is once you arrive at that conclusion, how educated are you personally 
as somebody that supports the Second Amendment and supports people's rights to defend themselves, how educated are you on what actually causes gun violence? Can you have that conversation about fatherless homes and about poverty and shit like that and about nihilism from purposeless young men, especially? You know what I mean? Can you, are, you, are you educated enough to have that conversation so you're not just saying no, you're saying no, but here's the right answer? Right? I, think that's a, I think it's a really good point, actually. Um, you know, not that I'm surprised by it, but like, I, think it, I think that the data is there, mm-hmm. and if you want to educate yourself, you can, but nobody's taking the time to, no. very few people are taking the time to actually understand yeah. that part of it. You know, and you might take it for granted and say, yeah, of course, like if a if a kid grows up without a, a father or with a broken mm-hmm. home, yeah, they're going to be fucked up. I mean, it's a fucking like the purpose of male of mas- masculinity is to provide and protect through aggression and power and strength. Right. And what those things are weapons, right? They're tools, but they're weapons just like a gun. And if you if if somebody's untrained on it or if they don't know how to use it properly it's going to be used improperly and it's one of the more powerful weapons on earth actually right just generally speaking forget about all the man-made stuff but just the natural elements of earth masculinity has been one of the most dominant throughout all of not not just human history but all of history right so when this kid grows up and doesn't know how to wield that power ethically and effectively then they become a liability Right. And usually there's some kind of, there's all kinds of things that play into that separation, anxiety, or having no sense of purpose in life. And it turns into depression and internalized depression turns into rage. Like, well, it's the same idea as if I can't have or nobody will, or everybody hates me. So fuck them. Right. And it's the same reason I say this all the time on the show, that same nihilism turns kids into gangbangers and to mass shooters and the terrorists in foreign countries. It's the same fucking symptom of the same disease. And instead, we want to fucking ban an inanimate object to solve that problem. Well, guess what? It ain't going to work because places that did it, are they're still getting stabbed. They still have high suicide rates. They're still overdosing on drugs. We 80,000 people overdosed on fentanyl last year. Yeah. Right? And we're talking about 10,000 people that were murdered, <clears throat> most of which were in very, very bad areas, right? And they surrounded, they were ancillary murders, and I call it that because they weren't murdered because somebody got mad and murdered somebody. They they were murdered as part of a business. No matter what you think of it, the drug trade is a business, right? Uh, And that's not an issue with guns. You know what I mean? Because there are hundreds of, there's what, four or 500 million guns in this country? If they were all used on a regular basis to hurt people, there would be no people. Yeah. Right. It's just completely asinine to think that that's the solution to that problem. Yeah. And, you know, it's not it's not even a realistic um, scenario. Like, you know, it it goes back to to me, it goes back to like politicians saying they're going to do something and not really trying to get elected, not having the intention of actually following through with it. Because once you as you said, once you walk down the path, okay, what's the next step of of Mm -hmm. this scenario? eventually you hit a wall where you go, well, that's not going to work. Right. Like, but that's a good, that's a good pro that's the scientific method. Right. You're supposed to go like, and you can't do it if you're not willing from either side to have the conversation and then get to that point and then then admit that you don't have the answer. It doesn't mean that the other guy does, by the way, right. Saying I'm not exactly sure how to handle this doesn't imply that I just agree with the leftist. Let's take the guns away. It's not that those are two completely different answers. Right. I don't know is not your right. Right. 
Yeah, and you know, I think it goes back to, you know, w- w- regardless of my viewpoint or you know some of my friends that I probably don't politically mm. align with, like we probably want the same thing in the end. You want which people which to is, be safe. Like, yeah, like yeah. I don't want to worry about my kid going to school. Yep. Like that that is something that nobody should have to. Or worry your about. wife being out in public somewhere and getting fucked with. Or you know, as a country, I don't want my fellow countrymen to be in danger unnecessarily. Right. right. Like it's we hard. Should. It's hard to look at people who are struggling and feel good about that. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? You know, and I think we, we probably just disagree on how we how we get there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like you said, there's a lot of things I don't have the answer to, sure but I know not. what's not the answer. Mm. You know, taking taking your fucking uh, arm brace or pistol brace yeah, I mean, off of my guns in my safe just t- doesn't do anything to get there. I, I think, I mean, look, I don't think the federal government should exist, but I do think that, or, or even, maybe even states, definitely not state governments to the extent that they exist now. It's, it's too, it's, it's a bureaucratic blow, but you have to show me the statistics. How many, how many gun crimes were committed by fucking SBR or pistol pistols with a brace on it? How many really, how yeah. many fucking actual crimes are being committed? Nobody commits crimes with those guns. Yeah. Or, are you or fucking kidding let's me? take it a step further. How many had silencers on them? How many, yeah, none, how many none. of them were machine guns? People who fucking, Go through that whole, or it's not even about the process. People who fucking spend that much money on stuff don't do it to go fucking. No. I mean, that's that's so stupid. That's so stupid. <laughs> like, and there's, the, not only in, in theories it's stupid, we have the statistics to back that up. It just doesn't happen. It, it doesn't happen. There's like, I think there's like 12 crimes that aren't related to illegally owning the suppressor there's like 12 crimes per year committed with them 12 yes. in a country of 350 million people are you fucking right. kidding me you're going to legislate on 12 people yeah i mean like the, the nfa should should go yeah, away tomorrow like that it, it that shouldn't exist anymore the the purpose of it, it it's so far out of context with mm. today's world well the nfa was basically to stop black people from getting guns right it, it really was i mean that's um, essentially what it was it's know, same, it, all gun controls began from trying to keep reintegrated black people from getting guns that was what it was really about yeah yeah like you the know, permitting and, and tax process and all that stuff yeah you know you think about back in 1934 1933 200 is a, a lot of yeah, money yeah. Yep. and you know handguns were originally included in that it, mm-hmm. you know it's not just machine guns that you know gangsters are running around with thompson machine guns it's not that it, it's something that is it doesn't apply to today's world and it should mm-hmm. should go away yeah i agree with that well, this has been a great conversation. Uh, I'm sure you got plenty to do. This is a busy ass week. Yeah, yeah, it's it's starting right now. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I got meetings all day today, and then for the rest of the week. So, well, good luck. I'm sure it'll go well for you. Uh, you're uh, you're a standout in the industry right now because of your youth, I guess. But uh, also, you know, the company's doing well. Yeah, and yeah. it's making a lot of moves. You got a lot of new product offerings. Um, before we get out of here, tell everybody where they can find you and where, where they can find out about these new products. And if they're in Vegas, what booth they can find your stuff at. Yeah. Oh, shit. I don't, I don't know the booth number off the top I'll, of my I'll head. I'll look for it. Uh, yeah. If you pull that up. Um, yeah. TaurusUSA.com, uh, RossiUSA.com, HeritageManufacturing.com um, are our three websites. Social media is the same uh, under the same brands. Um, and we have new exciting stuff for, for basically all of those three brands um and you know we'll continue that throughout the throughout the year so it'll be a really exciting time for us yeah i'll find the 
I'll find the booth number. Hold on, I might be able to. I want to say it's thirteen zero three eight, but I could be off just slightly. Oh man, I wish I I should have. I never download the app because I don't need it. I don't trust those motherfuckers. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I've never downloaded, but if you can find it, just if you're here in town, just look for. Uh, you can use the app, or you can use Shot Show's website, shotshow.org, to find uh, the booth and go check out some of those new guns that you guys have. They're pretty dope. Um, and. Uh, on on P, if people want to buy your weapons, you guys sell direct, or you only go through distributors. We, we don't sell direct. Um, you know, we have a very vast dealer network mm -hmm. all over the country. Yeah. Um, but you know, there's there's also plenty of online mm -hmm. gun okay, shops cool. that that support us. So. Sweet. Well, thanks for coming today, man. I appreciate thank it. You. Appreciate yeah, yeah. being on it. Hundred percent. And thanks. thank you all for listening. This has been Citizen. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.